Hey, everybody, and welcome to Navigating the Noise, a broadcast brought to you by CHPA, the Corporate Housing Providers Association. I'm Brian David Johnson. I'm your futurist, and I'm your host for Navigating the Noise. I'm also the engineer in this time of the pandemic. I'm the one behind the running the controls of keeping things going as we normally are. So please, if things are a little choppy, I apologize in advance. So welcome to Navigating the Noise, where we like to get together and look at where things might be going in the future. We know there's oftentimes a lot of noise, and it's our goal to kind of give you some ways to navigate through it, to think about what you might do and how to, to really start taking action today to prepare for tomorrow. And certainly we find ourselves during this pandemic time uh, quite challenged. And so for season three, we've been taking many different um, approaches, right? We've been doing our normal kind of big futures, thinking about innovation and how do you innovate during the pandemic. We've even been doing really specific ones, our sort of down and dirty, right? Where we just were looking at cleaning. And today, we're gonna to do something different as well. Typically, we have a couple of guests on and we, we kind of talk about a single subject and we then dive into that and we think about three things to do. But today on the broadcast, we're gonna do things a little bit different. We only have one guest. We have Peggy Smith. She's the Chief Strategy Officer at Cap Relo. She's got a really interesting background, sort of what she's doing now as the Chief Strategy Officer as well as what, what she's done in the past. And she's got a great perspective, but she's our only guest because we want to start finding out like what's going on. You know, we've been in the pandemic now for several months. Different places are opening up. Some people are getting back to business. Business is getting back in different ways in different places. So we wanted to check in. We wanted to check in with people and see what they're seeing. You know, bring people not only from the industry, but also outside the industry who have different perspectives. And that, that's really what we're going to do today is just have a conversation about that. As always, if you have any suggestions or people that you think we should talk to or different areas, you can always uh, send them to me. So we're going to dive in and, and get started on that. So let's actually bring in Peggy. So I'm going to switch over. I'm going to unpin our video and bring Peggy up. So Peggy, Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming on. Hello, Brian. How are you? I'm doing awesome. It's a beautiful day here in the Pacific Northwest. It is. You know what? We need to wrap this rather quickly because it's 74 and sunny here in Seattle, and we know how this goes. And I'm, yeah. up on the, I'm up on the north coast of Oregon. It's an absolutely beautiful, beautiful day here as well. So what we wanted to do is actually, why don't we do this, Peggy, just to set it up for folks, just uh, maybe give them a little bit of, uh, about your background. I think you've got, you've got an interesting background and also you, you have a, a, um, a new position um, at Caprilo because we really thought that it's a great, uh, your perspective certainly as chief strategy officer because you are thinking about the future and, and thinking about strategy, but also you've been kind of had this interesting perspective in your past. And what we really wanted to talk about was what you're seeing there, what clients are saying, what customers are saying, what's the atmosphere out there, kind of what's going on. But why don't we start with, with you, kind of give us a, a little info about your, about your background. Yeah, I'd be happy to do that, Brian. I, um, I, I think before I jump all the way into that, I love the title of this, Navigating the Noise. And we've been talking so much the last, you know, several weeks around wearing masks. I sometimes feel like we're missing the biggest piece in it in the navigating noise. It's the earplugs, right? So we should have an additional element to our mass that include the earplugs so that we can settle our minds to get away from the noise to listen to what's truly happening, right? So, you know, if this gig doesn't work out for either of us, 
let's go into that because I think there's a little startup pop-up business for us. But um, anyway, a little bit about myself, you know, from a mobility lens, I've been in the industry, you know, 20 years. Ah! Um, and uh, I've had the privilege of having a variety of, of lenses. I managed Microsoft's global mobility program, you know, for a number of years for, you know, about 10 years and then was asked to join and lead the trade association. So I led that for just shy of 10 years and now have been on a journey with Caprilo for, for not even yet 10 weeks. So, you know, I've had the, um, the privilege of seeing what it's like from the client side, um, understanding the demands that, you know, clients are looking for and needing. I've done it from the trade association side, which gives you a great perspective of understanding ecosystem players across this landscape of mobility and their different challenges depending on what's occurring. And at the time I joined them was right after the recession. So there was a lot of, you know, remember the jobless recovery, the real estate environment. And now here I am at this organization, which is 38 years old. The, the Caprilo side is 22, but the enterprise is 38 years old. And joining them at a time equally of crisis in this global pandemic. So, um, you know, it's always about transferable skills and picking and seeing what you can learn along the way. Yeah, that's a that's a great, uh, certainly a great background for sure. And uh, so that's one of the things we want to do is, as I said at the top of the show, we wanted to check in with folks. And, you know, in this time of pandemic, and we're pretty deep in, right, depending upon where you live, you know, we've all been at this for a couple of months now. So I wanted to, to check in with you and kind of see, you know, when it comes to sort of clients and customers and sort of the atmosphere, what, what, what types of things are you seeing? And also as you're seeing them, you know, with your experience, but also as a chief strategy officer, sort of thinking about the future, what, how are you interpreting it? How, what, what do you think it means? You know, I feel like, you know, right now when you talk about, oh, you know, we're fatigued, we've been in this since March or beginning of March, so, you know, four or five months, I think that we have to remind ourselves this is going to be a marathon and it might be an ultra marathon of 100 miles rather than a 26.2 mile marathon. So I feel though what we have done and there's a fine balance between having a lot of anxiety about what this means for the business and personal and health coupled with, you know, then how do you ensure that you don't become so desensitized since we have such a long way to go with this. Um, in the industry and all the variety of sort of elements that are going to, you know, pick and play with this. Um, the other thing I would tell you, though, from a, a corporate environment perspective, right, and we're talking largely about the pandemic, but hey, you know, we, we can't throw a blind eye to the social responsibility that's now being thrust upon in, in the limelight with um, sort of the, the, the Black Lives Matter movement uh, diversity, equality, and, 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 you know, and inclusion. And so, you know, when, when you sort of sit back and look at this, and then you throw on there the concerns that countries are having around safe borders, and, you know, now you've got geopolitical environments that are sort of interwoven here. So be it a U.S. lens or an EU lens or an Australia lens, you just name it, you know, where you know, they're saying, we're not gonna allow people to come in for fear of this pandemic, or we're gonna require health certificates, or you're gonna have to self-quarantine when you arrive here. I think what Chicago just let, earlier this week said, you know, hey, you know, or what, what's going on here? And so I think from the perspective of um, all of those, 
the great news for us, because I'm, I'm a Silver Lines gal, is HR is necessary now more than it's ever been. And, you know, we've talked for years about, oh, we have to have a seat at the table. Well, let me tell you, we're the freaking guest of honor. We are seated right next to the CEO. And there's not a more enviable person in an organization right now, and enviable both positively and negatively, right? Um, they're trying to wrestle with how do you return to work safely? What does that look like? What is a blended distributed workforce model look like if we have to think about remote work in a, in a, in a broader way? You know, all those various sort of dynamics that have to come into play. And so I want to talk about future proofing in a moment, but you have to step back and put the earplugs in, you know, take the anxiety just a little bit and take a deep breath and breathe. And, you know, there's a great analogy um, when you're flying, right? Put the oxygen mask on yourself before your children. And, you know, I feel like we have to do that. So this is a collective time for HR to put its oxygen mask on, get its earplugs in, survey the horizon and say, where can I make my best efforts in change and in transformation? Because I'm not going to change what's going to happen geopolitically. I'm not going to change cases and economies opening and closing. How can I be a lighthouse in a stormy water kind of dynamic? So I think that, you know, I, I think all things start in, um, and have to emanate from that lens. That's a great perspective. And I, I have to echo that because when I've, when I've talked to folks, you know, in the sort of the work that I do as a futurist, you know, when in the face of these massive, you know, global issues, whether, like you said, whether it be the pandemic, whether it be around economic inclusion, whether it be around geopolitical problems, it can feel so overwhelming. But what I, what I counsel people with is to say, well, focus on what you have control over. You know, what, what do you actually have control over now? And, and sometimes you talk to people in extreme crisis and it's physically like, okay, what do you physically have control? Are you standing? Or are you sitting? Right. And get sort of center people, kind of what you were saying. I love that. Put the oxygen mask on and the earplugs in and center, like center yourself. And okay, this is me, but you make a great point with HR, right? That, at that the platform that HR affords you, and I mean that in a, in a, in a very broad way, like that, um, it gives us the ability to really affect people's lives and affect not only and by affecting people's lives positively, it then affects the, the organization, however the organization is. And then we also know because nothing is nothing is an island unto itself, you're also going to affect other organizations and especially like CHPA and like other organizations that you know about really well, you know, as an industry, you can then create it. So there's this kind of echo effect. Um, and that's something that I've been telling people a lot, especially now. And, and like you said, this is a marathon. Um, and so doing that, I think, can be, can be really helpful to kind of get through that marathon. That it, it is what you have control over. You don't have to do it all, but realize what you have control over. I, I love that point, Peggy. That's really good. Yeah, you know, I, I would just also add, Brian, to your comments. When I think about HR and then mobility, Mobility from an HR perspective is one of the few areas within HR that pans a variety of things from payroll to talent acquisition to talent retention to healthcare and benefits, particularly if it's, you know, an assignment, you know, uh, taxes, you know, we are one of the elements of HR that has a really broad lens. And I think that gives us 
uh, um, I don't want to say a competitive advantage, but an advantage of being even more valued within an organization. Um, the, the other elements that I would add here from HR are, are, are two, two muscles that we really, really have to get have to get back in the gym on. One has largely been what we were screened for, which is around empathy, having an empathetic lens. Well, let me tell you, you can't be empathetic if you're flooded in your ears, right? You just can't. It is your, your, your body's physiologically, the demands on its system are greater than its capacity, right? But the second piece of this is that dealing with ambiguity. And a lot of people just aren't, just aren't sort of comfortable with that or have a lot of experience in dealing with ambiguity, but we're talking about a highly ambiguous time. And, you know, we've talked about what's going to happen in the business construct, Brian, but let me throw something else there. Let's not forget that we've thrown families into situations where they have to be at-home teachers, at-home caretakers, either of elders or youth or whatever it is. And so it's an even more important time for us to, to recognize that and say, you know, that return to, even if it's coming back in the office, some people may not be able to do it because they don't have an infrastructure for their child or whatever it is. So, you know, again, HR at this point in time, man, if a company is making investments in its talent and its skills, HR is the place to be. So let me ask you this. So what are you seeing when, you know, from, from that, the notion of that uh, the, the client perspective or, yeah. or, or sort of people being out there, you know, you mentioned people grappling with uh, distributed workforce. You know, one of the things we've talked about um, in a previous episode of the show was looking at, um, you know, what that new normal looks like, right? As we begin to normalize and we come out of this, as we are coming out of this, what are we normalizing to? Right. What, what does that actually look like? And you said we're having sort of these uh, this distributed workforce because now we've learned that, yes, some work can be done remotely. Some of it can't be. And, and we're starting to get an idea of what these organizations might look like. What, what other things like that are, are you beginning to see that, that people are really grappling with? Now, right now, from a pure mobility perspective, we're, we're in a bit of a whiplash window because every time a, let's just take the latest sort of visa things that have come out, you know, from a U.S. lens, right, and not being political at all, but anytime those are imposed upon, even before COVID, you, there's a whiplash effect that mobility has to address, either because you've got people that were in the pipeline waiting for an adjudication on a visa, you know, status, or now, you know, with the current administration coming out and saying, you know, th there will be a suspension of H-1Bs through the end of the calendar year, or whatever. So there's this constant sort of immediate thing where they're thrown into a crisis, you know, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Now, when you step back up one level, what a lot of HR executives are grappling with it are really coming around to what is our return to work model philosophy going to be? So, you know, that they are quite right now, quite frankly, Brian, that's where they are being consumed. So HR as an overall entity isn't really having the time to think too much about mobility just yet because they're thinking about their entire employment base and how they need to think about a return to work model. Much like you're hearing, you know, our school's gonna start up, our university's gonna start up, our sport's gonna start up. 
companies are going through that same discussion around how they can return to work. So once that gets seated, then there'll be more attention, I think, given to the actual function of mobility, right, within that. Now, what I would assert is while that's being seated, mobility can play a role because, you know, mobility can say, listen, as you're working on your return to work model, blah, 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 we can help by identifying talent or come up with a remote commuter work policy or an extended business traveler. I mean, we've got these levers. It's just we have always assigned them to a, a fact after you've identified a talent individual or something. And I'm sitting there going, you know what? We can be there at the time as they're trying to figure out what's the return to work model. How can we find our ways to help inform that or support the business objective that needs to occur with that? That's a great perspective. I think it's, um, that is what we talk about all the time. Certainly as a futurist, you're, you're talking like a futurist, Peggy. That's great. It's good. There's what the current, atmosphere is what they're dealing with now and you're right that sort of as um, you know folks who are can help solve how you can come and say well we are also thinking about this and thinking about what's that what's your strategy for then to help those HR folks those clients those customers as they kind of move to the next step and going back to your your sort of being everybody being sort of personal and being able to have an impact you know how great is it to then actually have communications with another human being and go, hey, hey, we're, we're thinking about a little bit past what you're working on right now and we can kind of help to kind of think through it. Um, I want to ask you one last thing. That was good. That was really good. Um, future proofing. So you've mentioned that and when you and I have talked in the kind of the lead up as well, you kind of thought about future proofing. So when you're thinking about future proofing, right, putting you've got your, your strategy officer hat on with your, how, what are the things that you're thinking about as we're moving through this pandemic, you know, who knows where we are in the marathon, but in this marathon, like what, what are some things just right now that you're kind of thinking through? Yeah, you know what, it's kind of funny because I think, you know, future proofing used to have this timeline and, um, and it was always like a really long term, like what's your short term strategy, what's your long term strategy, right? Well, future proofing today, first off, has to be driven in agile principles, be it in agile, whatever, agile workforces, agile software development, agile, whatever it is. It's just got to be because what we're going to do today may not be what we do in six weeks from now or in 12 weeks from now. So I would say the table stakes from future proofing have become much more shortened in terms of just, you have to, you have to have a, a transformative and ecosystem sort of a way of working that allows for iterative approach to whatever it is you're doing. So we're going to sort of start with that. So, so, you know, what I might have said for this would be a different response six months ago than what I think it is today. But right now I would say no matter which direction it is, it is all going to be anchored around what is the workforce model of the future going to be and how can we as service support, um, really dive in and help a business achieve its business objectives um, during this time of uncertainty in fluid workforce models. So how does mobility, be it in housing, be it in the movement of goods, be it in you know, the coordination of benefits, how can they help the broader HR um, entity achieve what it needs to achieve? And so, quite frankly, we're sitting here and we're looking from a Caprilo perspective, we're sitting here and we're saying, okay, if 
it becomes a return to tradition, which you have to sort of lay up paths, but I don't think anybody is fooled by that, right? It's not going to be, um, here's a path we would go down. If it becomes a protracted remote work environment, then what is it that we need to do for that? You know, where is our diversification strategy going to be for that? If it becomes a hybrid, then how do we want to think about those various things? And within that is, you know, do you need to realign your, your cost structure? And I'm not sorry saying cutting costs, but, you know, so that you can react more rapidly to things. So we're sitting here saying, okay, there's been a lot of discussion, Brian, around virtual assignments, you know, virtual internships. Well, what, is that, what does that really mean? And where does the service sector fit in on that? We've also seen a lot of discussion around, um, you know, there, believe it or not, actually, there was some, a research that came out yesterday, I think, or a couple of days ago, around since COVID. Take a guess, Brian, around the percentage of people that have actually relocated since COVID. Just a, uh, the total population, you know, in the U.S. Uh-oh, you're muted. I would think it would be pretty low. I would say, what, 10, 15 percent? 21. 21%. Now, here's another fun fact the 21%. 66% of that 21, you know where they relocated? Home, back home, which means that they're going to relocate, like back living with the family because they did it under safety. So what does that mean? Look, we saw this after the recession, you know, people, the, you know, the millennials returned home because they didn't have the money. As soon as they could, they were like, I'm out. We're going to see the exact same thing. They're going to want to get out. So you sit there and you go, okay, well, where can mobility play in that? Because there was a lot of move activity. It may not have been corporate sponsor, but there was a lot of move activity. So then how can you best position when we get to the backside of this and say, you know, how can I help them? Because they, they don't want to live with mom and dad and mom and dad don't want them there. I don't, you know, that's going to happen. And as borders go to open up, our thirst and our desire to cross a border hasn't changed. I mean, we can't travel right now, right? But everybody's talking about, I can't wait till 2021 when I can go on my vacation in Greece or same thing as saying, I can't wait until I can go live there because I got temporarily stopped. So, you know, future-proofing to me is about creating a mindset and a culture that allows you to adapt as rapidly as possible to the uncertainty that surrounds us given a blended workforce model. So. Everybody's going to carve out their own path. Let's see who wins. Well said. And with that, thank you so much, Peggy. That's really interesting. I think what, what we'll do is um, we'll make sure to put the, the link, if we can find the link to, the, to some of that study and maybe even some information about um, Agile. I think even just being able to, as an organization, being able to kind of look and understand Agile. We've, we've done some work on previous shows thinking about scenario planning and, and long-term planning and resilience planning, but I think we've not brought up Agile, and I think that's a really good, just a tool for people to have as they're thinking with their teams and kind of thinking about the, the future. Um, so thank you, thank, Peggy, thank you so much for joining us. We're, we're going to do a new segment, though. So Peggy, don't go away. I'm going to wrap up and do three things to do, but then we're going to come back and we're going to do a, a new segment on navigating the noise. Perfect. Okay. So as you know, in, for, um, the navigate, for navigating the noise, we always do three things to do. So three things to do is what are three things that you can start doing today to prepare for the future, and especially in the things that, that we've talked about, right? What, what are those things? And so I was thinking in, in what, what Peggy was saying 
I really like the idea of understanding that this is a marathon. And because this is a marathon, put your oxygen mask on, put your earplugs in, take a moment and just breathe, right? That this is a, 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 a time that we are all overwhelmed and it's a lot. Um, we've talked about that as well. And I think that that's a great thing for navigating the noise, right? Take a moment, realize you're gonna be here a while, that you're not in a, you're not in a sprint, and to make sure that you're centered. Going back to what I was saying before, when I, when I talk to people about how to prepare for these big, big, almost you know, massive events, it's to center yourself and see what you have control over. So to put the mask on, put the earplugs in, pause, think about what you have control over and what you wanna do and, and where you wanna go. So that's the first thing is mask on, earplugs in. The second thing, and again, this is a, a, to, to pull off of what Peggy said, is to think about you know, for your clients and for your customers. Uh, as Peggy said, they're now thinking about how to bring people back into the workforce. What does that look like? Um, in my private practice, I do a lot of work with architects and people who are really thinking about how they're changing buildings and how they're changing the different buildings that they're gonna put together. I got a call last week from one architect who called me, he's like, BDJ, elevators, uh, let's talk. And so we talked for an hour around, okay, what does that mean between now and before we get a vaccine? And what does it mean in pandemic to have elevators? Because it's going to be a while, like just kind of thinking through the, those nuts and bolts. So understanding what are people dealing with now? And then for your customers and your clients, how can you say, well, we are going to be mobile. We are going to get back to mobility, much like the previous, uh, one of the previous episodes that we did. We're all going to get back to mobility. So to be able to go to them and have a conversation to say, well, we're thinking about it and we might have some uh, uh, solutions as you start to think about this to really kind of do that thing that we talk about, right? That's my job as a futurist. And what we do here on the show is to say, well, this is what's going on. This is the thing that's in front of us right now. But how do we think about the thing after the thing? I think there's a unique moment in time right now, right now in this pandemic, as Peggy said, that you are thinking about the thing that comes after the thing, right? What, we, what you do and what we do as an industry is kind of sometimes on the other side of that is everybody's just thinking about the office. So what is the thing that, that comes after that? I think that's a, that's, a, that's a really, really good way of kind of thinking into it. And then from a future-proofing standpoint, you know, kind of starting to think about, all right, so now how do you want to come back? What does that look like? How do you future-proof? Whether it be using Agile, taking what Peggy said, using these different tools to kind of think about, all right, now as we're starting to come back, how can we take that moment and think a little bit different about where we might be going? So those are your three things to do. Mask on, earplugs in, think about the thing after the thing, and then go talk to people about that and how you might be of kind of help pull them through to pull that string through. And then think about future-proofing. Like when we'll put some links in to kind of think about what, what does that mean? And, and, and how even is mobility, as we think about mobility, you know, we're not, we're not going to not be mobile, right? We're, we're going to be mobile at some point, but we don't exactly know what that means. And so start thinking about, okay, as you're thinking about the future, how, how do we define it? I mean, I think we could do multiple shows on that. That might, that might be a really good idea. So, but those are your three things to do. Mask on, earplugs in, take a moment, center. Think about the thing after the thing and go talk about it. And then think about future-proofing as we're, as we're going forward. And if you have any questions, please send them my way. So as always, thank you for joining Navigating the Noise. Uh, if you have any ideas for shows or any questions, 
You can always email us. This is especially for this season. That's where we're getting a lot of our ideas and a lot of places to, uh, to go and have conversations. If you uh, want more information, um, you can go to chpaonline.org, and that's where you can go and get more info. You can always email us at info at chpa.org, and always follow us on Twitter. We're at, at chpaonline. I want to thank you for joining us, but before we wrap up, especially in these next few episodes, we're going to do things a little bit different. So we always want to remember that it's about people, that right? this is about people, and on the show we like to bring people on and get that, that, that on-the-ground perspective. And so I'm going to bring, uh, I'm going to bring uh, Peggy up here in, uh, in gallery view and say, Peggy, so this is what you've, you've thank you again for, for coming on the show. You've shared some great perspectives with us around sort of clients and customers and, and, and what's going on. But now I want to switch over to the personal side, if we can, for a moment. I wonder if you could tell the audience about your new pandemic position. What is your, what is your new role that you have? Yeah, you know, it is funny. We're all being asked to do, what is it, more with less and to get creative. So, and so many of us were forced into um, work remote environments. And I, I joke loosely that I am um, the CEO of WeWorks W Washington. So, cause my husband who would always run his own company runs it is working from home and he's doing that. And our daughter who's a displaced university student is also now working from home. And let me just say, Brian, they're not always the nicest tenants. I've thought a few times about booting them out because I will get text as the CEO and as the supervisor of the site. But um, it is kind of fun. And I, I will tell you, my commute is 17 steps, I think. And I frequently don't see them in the day, but I see their messes in the center, in our common kitchen area. So we'll get it, I'll get a text message periodically about a complaint and we'll use that vehicle. But uh, it's all good. It's all fun. And, and by the way, I don't get paid for that job either. I think we're all um, a little bit of our own sort of CEOs of the WeWork, but that's great. I love your stories when we, when we were talking right before the show around, you know, the different food requests or the different laundry requests or the different, the, uh, the submitting to complaints and things like that. That's uh, certainly something that we've all been living through. But so Peggy, thank you so much again. Thank you for uh, telling us about your new pandemic position. That's great. And uh, thank you so much for coming on the show today. We really appreciate it. All right, everybody. Again, thank you for joining us. If you've got any ideas for shows or questions, please reach out and, uh, and uh, tell us so that we can make sure to uh, bring you any answers, any information. That's our goal here on Navigating the Noise is ultimately we are in a very noisy time and whatever we can do to help you navigate through this or answer any questions, that's what we're here to do. So thank you very much. We'll be talking to you again soon. Take care. Um, 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 um.